shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Benelli. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Phil Benelli. On wings like eagles, my spirit will be renewed. Uh, welcome to the show this week, Mr. John Shackelford, Executive Director of Eagle Ranch. Is that your That's official right. title? That's okay. Right. I'm so excited to get John on. Uh, I love the work that Eagle Ranch does. We're going to talk about that. And also, uh, I, I'm, I'm so interested in hearing your insights of being the guy who comes in, and you're, and you're a young man, uh, and takes over uh, running an organization that's very well known, and you take over from the founder and person who's been running it for decades. Uh, there's, there's a lot to be gained from that. So welcome, John. Thanks for coming on. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. So right before uh, we kicked off the show, off, off air, you were kind of talking to me about where the name came from. Yes. Share, share that. Yeah. So, well, you know, Eddie Staub founded the ranch and came to this community in 1982. Mm. And um, he's from Alabama. And really, I mean, this community, especially the Gainesville community, really adopted. Um, it's like Eddie feels like an adopted son in this community. And so 1985 through there's a whole incredible story and miracles that happened to you know allow us to open in 1985 the first boys home. Um, but Eddie, since the very beginning, since he felt that call to start a children's home, uh, knew that uh, we talked even recently about the fact that he knew that that Isaiah 40 passage um, of a soaring on wings like eagles would be kind of the basis for the name Eagle Ranch. And so we've been supporting children and families um, in need uh, since since 1985. And uh, it's been an incredible story and I'm honored to get to you know step into that story. My wife entered this planet in 1985. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit. I, I know what Eagle Ranch does, but I bet I only know really a fraction of what it does. Tell us, what is what is Eagle Ranch doing in the form it's in right now? Yes. Yeah, so uh, there's been many, as I was with any organization, you know, many, lots of growth and, and evolutions over time. So it started as a boys ranch serving um, boys in need. But one of the things that's unique to know about the ranch, even from our founding, that is really playing out, um, especially now, is that before the ranch opened, um, the first counselor who was to be hired for Eagle Ranch, Bruce Birch, he influenced Eddie to do holistic family work. Um, beyond just being a residential facility for boys, um, Bruce had had experience working with whole families and really helping see great outcomes, improved outcomes with youth when you take the whole family into perspective. And so mm. since the beginning, mm. We've been working with the entire family, whoever, and for that child, it's whoever that family is um, who's willing to, to kind of, we call it, step into their story. Um, and so from 85 to 2001, we served uh, boys and their families. Then 2001, added the girls' side of our program, uh, added a school on campus. And, uh, and so really creating kind of a holistic residential, short-term residential uh, healing environment for families who need just a, a, a temporary season of separation to be able to experience the healing um, and family re reunification. So that's kind of the like quick run through of kind of our history. Mm -hmm. Where we're at today is really building upon that foundation of whole family work. So we continue mm -hmm. to operate our residential short-term 
residential program, but we've added uh, we've added outpatient counseling for children and families. We've added a day school program for children uh, to be able to experience our school and the families to experience uh, counseling without the child having to live here. And uh, we're just about in a few weeks, Lord willing, we're going to open our uh, stabilization family support counseling. So oh, wonderful! We get. Anywhere from 30 to 75 calls a month from families in, in need who are, you know, in a state of brokenheartedness and crisis, reaching out to us for help. And that's far more than we can serve in a residential capacity. And, and the majority of those don't fit the need for mm-hmm. residential, but they have, they have needs. And, uh, and so our, we've been blessed to be able to the support of our, you know, this community, our donors, our board and staff to be able to expand those services over the last two years and um, serve a lot more families we ever have before um, from kind of short-term engagements to, to long-term. And so, mm. um, yeah, it's been an amazing, amazing ride even over the last two years that I've been here. I love it. it. It's, it's very reminiscent of many of our private companies who are on the show and their growth just comes generally from a heart of service. Mm. Here the people we're serving what are other ways they need to be served? Yes. Let's do that. Let's, maybe we don't know how right now, but mm-hmm. we're going to figure it out. Yes. So what are the normal, what are the sorts of issues that lead a family to need the services of Eagle yeah. Ranch? Well, that's a great question. It can, and look, can look like a lot of different things. I mean, okay. for some, it's a family where there's just been a really adverse trauma. So maybe there's, they've lost a, a, a parent um, mm. and all of a sudden the child who's had a very normal life it, for one of the children in the family, or multiple, um, it has a very you know severely adverse effect, and all of a sudden there's behavioral outbursts in the home mm-hmm. and or at school that are getting the attention of um, beyond the family. So that's kind of what we usually what we see when families mm-hmm. reach out to us is when all of a sudden things that have been kind of simmering under the surface within the family unit start to bubble out, and mm-hmm. they say I and and the parent guardian of that child saying, wait, I, this is getting beyond what I think I can control or manage. Mm-hmm. And so usually we are engaging with families who have seen an, a counselor in some capacity, whether mm-hmm. it be to the school, mm-hmm. whether it be um, a private engagement, and that counselor will recommend, um, hey, I think you may need, you know, either a temporary state separation or, or I've heard Eagle Ranch serves children of families that, you know, need help. Maybe that'd be a good environment and community to be part of. Um, so we get referrals from churches, from counselors, from schools. Um, all of our families we work with and children are, are private engagements. So no, no child is is sent by the by the state or okay. by the court to uh, the ranch. All the families we engage with um, make that courageous choice to uh, to kind of step into that. Choice. It is. I and like it, that. It absolutely is because admitting you need support and need help. Um, I mean, it breaks my heart and our team's heart, but so many families feel like they failed when they get to that step. And, uh, and we tell them, it's like, your child is going to be okay because mm. you're, you've had mm. the vulnerability and courage to say, I'm here and I'm not just blaming the child. I'm saying I'm part of the story. Like I want to be a deeper part of it. Um, and so much of the healing that's experienced oftentimes is when the parents experience the compassion and healing for their own stories. Wow. The change is how they parent. Mm. So that's the, I love that, that the model, it's just the, it's a holistic family model. You all are not foster care. You're not adopting. You're saying we're here. The goal is reunification of this family with the provision of ongoing tools. Yes. Yes. And does the, 
uh, w- w- with the with the short term stays, mm-hmm. th- is there is there counseling giving to the parents throughout? Mm-hmm. How's that look? Yes, it is. So we kind of say, um, you know, one of the phrases we use to say that the child usually brings the family to counseling, and the child actually does better to be on, on the ranch because we're communicating to them that hey, your your parents and the rest of your family are working just as hard as you are. Mm-hmm. You 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 were the one that needed to be sort of relieved some of the 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 pressure that was being created in the home. Mm-hmm. So we kind of release just enough of that pressure for the whole family to start thinking, okay, what could healing look like? Because mm-hmm. when they come in, it's usually. I, there's there's no path here. There's no way for healing. Right. So um, so all the families that are that have a child at the ranch, they are going through uh, counseling with the uh, therapist, licensed uh, clinician who's overseeing that child's progress. There's a family progress. They're meeting every two weeks. They've got a parent support group of the other mm-hmm. parents that are have oh, children wow. in that home. So they're meeting every two weeks. Um, and the reason why we sign a two week rhythm is in part because. The, every child in our residential program goes home every other weekend. I see. Because we don't want them thinking that oh, the good. ranch is, you know, their 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 new home or their new mom and dad. This we know this is a temporary stay, and we're really coming alongside the family to co-parent for a season. Um, and so yeah, so they're experiencing that as well as the parents have uh, have parenting seminars that that happen throughout the course of the program. All right. When we pick back up after this break, I want to hear more about how you utilize the counseling and the coordination of the child there and the parent at home after this break on North Georgia Business Radio X. Addressing problems in your business, life, family, what have you, are you looking at things linearly or holistically? That's something that means a lot to me. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with John Shackelford of Eagle Ranch. Welcome back, John. Hey, good to hear. Um, before the break, we were talking about how there's ongoing counseling for the parents and families while the child is at the ranch and they go home every other week and then on the alternating weeks the the families have counseling and i just love the the approach of the whole family because the more the older i get the more i see in, in essentially everything in life there is a drift towards looking at things linear, linearly and you could just say mm-hmm. this child's having a hard time paying attention uh that's related to this chemical let's give them a, a medication that right. affects that chemical and you know and but you have to look at the whole mm-hmm. picture. So, yeah, tell us a little more about that model and how that works. How long are the children at the ranch? Yes, yes. So, I mean, we, we take a holistic approach with each service and program that, that we uh, administer at the ranch. But for a residential program, they are, the, the children and families are in that part of the program for anywhere from 18 to 24 months. So okay. we see that typically in the first year, by the end of that first year, you see significant improvement in behavioral changes. And a lot of families think that 
it's over. It's done. Oh, you know, the visits home aren't nearly as uh, as negative and bombastic as they used to be. But we, we, we always advise families to, to stick it out with us for another six to 12 months because that's when you really get into the motivation side um, and really the desire side, a positive. What, what, because we really believe that um, desires being blocked is what's leading to um, a lot of this misbehavior on the child's front and in terms of uh, parenting of an unhealthy place on the parenting front. And it takes a, it takes a deeper time, longer time to get underneath the surface. And uh, so that comes through a combination of counseling, seminars, on ranch time, uh, family experiences at home on the ranch. Mm. And, uh, and you never know where that, when and where that breakthrough is going to come, but uh, we're always pursuing that. So deeper breakthroughs are being made in year one because without that, the behavior couldn't change. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it, it takes to get to kind of more the deeper heart of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times families come in with, um, you know, some a family secret potentially of, mm. of, of something about, you know, we've had situations where children come in and the, um, you know, the, the person they think is their father is not actually their biological father. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we are trying to talk through in program of, hey, we're going to, by the, by the end of your time here, we, we want... Um, the truth to be able to come out in your healthy way, mm. because we believe that um, those those kinds of things need to be brought to light in a healthy way. And so it takes time. We're not going to just you know run into those things um, in a in a haphazard way. It takes intentional time, building relationships, building trust with the family, with the child, mm-hmm. um, and for us to really know what are those um, those triggers and what are some of those the the backstory for the family. And and, and most of the time. It, the the breakthrough often happens when the parents are able to get real about their own stories. Right. And it's not about a lot of families initially they push back on us saying, whoa, 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 are you trying to blame shift and say that my child's behavior is my fault? And we say, no, 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 no. There's, we, we, we are not in the blame game of, of looking and figuring out whose fault is it that mm-hmm. this child, <laughs> it's more of, hey, if this family wants healing, we all need to step in the story. And to step in the story, we need to acknowledge what part might I have to play? Mm-hmm. And it's not even about taking just so much responsibility for the behavior as, wow, like I didn't realize I'm parenting out of the lack that I didn't receive in my mm. own childhood. Mm. And I need either, I need, I need encouragement or I need forgiveness for something I've done in my past that I'm ashamed of and never shared. And so that's when it gets real for us with the families is when we mm. are able to get to that level of trust with the parents to say like, we see you in your story. We have love and compassion because we worship the God who um, has given us the ultimate grace. Mm-hmm. And that's when parenting transformed. It's sort of a downstream effect to the heart level change that we see the miracle work that God's been doing around the ranch for nearly 40 years. Mm. A, a big translation of that to business is that if you want to really serve people, you have to look to see what do they re- what their needs are mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to help them figure it out because people might think their needs one thing and you're the expert you're bringing value so you want to guide them and hey here's what i think let me fully understand your issue and let mm-hmm. me really walk through it with you and help you get the best solution how wonderful that you know these parents have obviously frustrations and, and issues with the kids and whatnot. And, and so they're, they're thinking, hey, help me with this. 
And I bet a lot of times they walk away realizing, wow, I got helped at such a deeper level in problems I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and brought into a community. I mean, that's what brought, brought into the light of, wow, I was so ashamed that mm. other people would find out that, you know, I'm not a perfect parent. My child's that doesn't have perfect behavior. Mm-hmm. And then to experience oh, compassion, grace, mm. and a community. It's like, wow, I can walk this out with others and uh, and as I use the phrase, I mean, and just step into the story of our family in a new season of healing mm. for us, um, and be encouraged that this has been happening. This is what this is the God that, um, as a, as a community, as a staff that that we worship and believe in and have seen, and we walk with families wherever they are on their spiritual journey, um, whether they have a, a place of faith or not. And, but we we want them to know the reason why we are compelled to do what we do and, and doesn't why we work without that. So I love it. Um, I got so excited. I don't know what question I was going to ask <laughs> after because I had one, but I, I, I do just love it. So tell us about the, well, oh, actually a message to our listeners. Um, one thing that just stood out to me from what John said is really kind of dying to your ego and giving yourself the p- permission to be okay with that. I am not a perfect parent. Mm. My child is not a perfect child. And a lot of times if you're, you know, one of our listeners out there running a business, that causes a lot of stress, takes a lot of time, and that can have a toll on your family. And sometimes when you're a high performer outside of the home, it probably makes it harder to admit mm. about maybe perceived failures within the home. Yes. And just the encouragement that you, you are not alone and some counseling might be great for you and your family. It is okay. Mm. It is so okay to reach out for help. Um, now, I know you get, was it 30 to 70 calls mm-hmm. a, a week? If there's a, a parent out there who has parenting and, and children issues, um, it sounds like there's some good resources outside of the, hey, maybe the home is not a fit for them. Yes. But you all are a great first call, perhaps. To- yes. That, and that's the biggest shift, Phil, that we're, we're trying to make in terms of repositioning the ranch here in the community. We know that the the ranch is known for the residential care we've provided for children. And oftentimes people don't even realize the whole family work that we do. Mm-hmm. But the biggest shift we wanted to make is for, for families to know that we can be a call much earlier on in the mm-hmm. process. Uh, we have more services now with outpatient counseling, day schools, I mentioned. And as I mentioned in a few weeks, the stabilization family support counseling that every single family who calls in, regardless of what their specific challenges, there's going to be a counselor able to see them within a very short time to really help them just triage, assess their situation. And uh, and we're also working working hard to create more and more parenting resources. Uh, we're uh, going to be uh, talking more about uh, in the future offering things like parenting seminars on the ranch, mm, uh, working to, to highlight some of the the key, most consistent challenges we've seen families face mm. that we want to, we're filming some videos now to be oh, able wow. to, uh, to address those. So families can even see on our website before they even engage with us. Okay. Let me maybe learn some tips and things about things that, that may be relevant for my own family. So uh, that's, that's one of the biggest things I want the you know, listeners to know in the community is just, yeah, mm. we can be an earlier call, um, because we've got a long list of resources and connections outside the ranch. And right. so if it's not your child or your family's situation is not a fit for the ranch, We've got relationships across the state that we'd love to connect you with to help find that uh, to, to find that best resource. Wonderful. I, 
I um, I like long distance running and life is more like a marathon than a sprint. When you're running a long race, if you have an issue like a blister, you, it's better to address it earlier than later. So if you're experiencing some things, call, uh, call the ranch and we're going to dive back in in a moment after this break on North Georgia Business Radio X. dove into something that maybe on paper you didn't feel like you were up to maybe people doubted you but you went for it anyway i hope you did I'm about to hear a great story back here on north georgia business radio x i'm your host phil benelli here with john shackleford eagle ranch and john i don't know what people the, around you felt about you applying for this job <laughs> but i know it's i'm i'm amazed you're you're a young man um and very accomplished and you're you're running an amazing, quite complex organization. Tell us, how did you get here? How did you become the executive director of Eagle Ranch? Well, it is, a, it is an incredible story. And I, my wife and I were lived in Grant Park in the city of Atlanta for the last 10 years, 2011 to 2021. I worked to the, to the pleasure of working at Chick-fil-A in their corporate office and their marketing department. And so really, I had come there right out of college and loved everything about Chick-fil-A, still do, and but had this strange just whisper in my spirit, and my wife had it too, of knowing that there would be a day where we would leave Chick-fil-A. And we didn't know for sure it was the city, and for people listening, you may think, that's not, that's not strange that you would leave a corporate job. That's, <laughs> people leave them all the time, especially now. And, but at Chick-fil-A, uh, corporately, and even in the, with their franchises, I mean, that people don't leave because mm. it's a great culture, great company, on mission, growing company, had incredible opportunities, got to work with and uh, help manage Chick-fil-A's relationship with ESPN and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, that work, and then work in brand strategy the last few years. But the entire, entire times I mentioned, there was this whisper, and it was fr- honestly frustrating. Mm. <laughs> it was, you know, my conversations with, with God were, you know, God, well, fine, if you're going to call me out. Just tell me when and where and how to prepare and all the details so I can get ready. And of course, you know, God's just smile back of, no, just just wait. And yeah. uh, and I was nervous. I was also nervous that the call wouldn't come because I, I love Chick-fil-A mm. so much. And what if I don't hear it? Because I don't want to hear it. I'm comfortable. Mm. I'm, we really enjoyed life in the city. We we're raising our kids there and plan to stay there. But the call came specifically in the form that I couldn't miss. And it came through who ended up being the very first, who was the very first board member at Eagle Ranch, a guy named David Sayers. I didn't know it, but David Sayers uh, was, had been connected with Eddie since the beginning. He had been that person who'd hired me at Chick-fil-A. Wow. And we had never talked about Eagle Ranch, though, over those many years at Chick-fil-A together. And, and I'd heard the name Eagle Ranch sort of in the halls at Chick-fil-A over the years, but knew nothing about it. But in January of 2021, I'll never forget a phone call with David where he, we were just catching up as we often did. And he's been a mentor of me for many years. And he asked me the question that changed my life. He said, have you ever heard of Eagle Ranch? And uh, I said, I've heard the name, but not sure much about it. And he proceeded to tell me they were looking for the, for Eddie's successor. And they'd been a year into the search 
And David had reconnected with Eddie, asked him how the search was going. And Eddie said, honestly, not that great because we've had a search firm and seen candidates, but nobody's been the right fit. And Wow. And David told me, he said, I, when I talked to Eddie, I felt like that this might be the role for you. And he said, I know you're, you're happily employed at Chick-fil-A, not looking to make a change. He didn't know about the whisper. I mean, we had never even talked about it. That was a really... Wow personal thing that honestly people didn't really understand if I would share it with them because it's like, why would you want to leave? You're doing business as ministry Chick-fil-A. And so that ended up being a four-month process of Eddie and I getting to meet each other and going through board interviews and all the form of, you know, just really discerning the call. And uh, so we able to left Chick-fil-A in May of 2021. They gave me their blessing, and I uh, started at the ranch in July of 2021. So been just over just over two years in the role. Wow. So if I'm out there, and you know, as you mentioned, Eddie started it, and between 1982 and 1985, you know, 85 opened the doors, and mm-hmm. tremendous guy. Yes. And you came in there. What are some tips? Like, what worked well for you? And what would you do differently mm. as far as stepping into that role mm. at 32 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, of all, I, I would say really, really get to know the culture as much as you can before mm. you take that that plunge. And I, I really felt a piece in my interview process to really interview them. And mm-hmm. with the knowledge that... I, I may not be the guy, but mm-hmm. if if, I, if we're going to take this plunge as a family, this can't be because, oh, wow, I got excited about a new job opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a leaving it all behind, sort of mm-hmm. burning the ships and saying, yeah. we are coming to an entirely new family calling. And so I had a lot of questions and engaged and, and also wanted to make sure they knew who I was mm-hmm. and knew what I had done, what I had not done. As you mentioned, I was 32 at the time. And so I was like, I'm very proud of what I've done, but I don't want you thinking that I have done all these elements of leading an organization of this complexity and I haven't. And so I felt the freedom to make sure you know who you're getting and who you're not. And then really spending time with Eddie. And I just can't say enough about that man. I mean, his humility, his leadership. Mm. I mean, I I inherited a healthy culture, a great Mm. place to people enjoyed working, people that felt connected, incredible stories over the years. And, but he had the humility to be clear about how he would support me as successor, that he would be around, he'd be helping to launch the Wing Center Outpatient Counseling, so he'd have a role and a pioneering role at that, but a way for us to stay in relationship and for him to be a mentor and supporter and friend, because I didn't know this, I'm new to this community mm-hmm. and, and certainly new to the work. And so that, that partnership relationship has been a key, huge, huge um, linchpin to the success and just the seamlessness of the transition. So get to know the culture. Yeah. And then if it's in your control, you know, well, I would say lever. a second lesson would be leverage the you know existing players as much as possible oh, you didn't yes. come in and say all right well i'm the guy in charge now here's my vision here's what we're going to do you're you are in charge and you feel comfortable i think leading the organization as you feel called to lead it but you're saying hey i i need help give me a yes i mean that was that and that was interesting because i i got a lot of advice from outside folks looking at the situations saying you know, well, certainly there's going to be a ton of transition on that team, you know, as you bring in your vision. And I'm just thinking to myself, I, I, I don't feel like God called me to this because I had a clear vision of what the ranch was. I need to learn what is it first. Mm-hmm. 
And so it was, it gave me a freedom to ask questions, even mm. some questions that, that folks at the ranch and Eddie admitted, like, I haven't asked that question in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I have to ask it because I can't pretend that I know. Mm-hmm. And so it led us to some beautiful discoveries of things we wanted to pull forward, which including some of these innovations that we've talked about of like day school and, and saying, hey, there's some sort of core elements to the ranch's success and children of families that doesn't have to be bottled only in the residential program. Mm-hmm. And so it just led us to some of those things. And so I, I think just having a curiosity mm. and a humility to say, I haven't been here. I don't know all the stories and I'll never will know all of them, but I want to get to know as many as I can because whatever we do in the future in terms of innovation needs to be built out of still who we are. Mm-hmm. And and I'm really confident and grateful that I, where we're stepping into is based on who we are. And I've got Eddie and a board that has so much continuity and consistency mm-hmm. to help encourage and keep us pointed in that right direction. I love that. So the, and you would not have gone if you didn't really love and embrace the culture. Mm-hmm. So love and embrace the culture, but go in with a humility and a curiosity as well as a hunger because you're going to see things from a different perspective and that brings a lot of value because you haven't been there the whole time. Yes. You come with fresh eyes that so appreciate what's there um, and that has allowed you to help see things that could take yes. it to even the next level. Yes, and I had you know, had a founder and a board and and, and leadership team that, that allowed me to feel safe to ask those questions. Mm. I mean, I... I would have liked to believe I would have asked them anyway, but they went above and beyond saying, I mean, I'll never forget conversation, once with a conversation with Eddie, where I prefaced the question I was going to ask him about the past. And I know you've probably answered this question over 30 times, over the 30, the nearly 40 years you've loved this place. I said, but I feel like I got to ask anyone. He said, ask away. But he said, even if I've had the same answer for, th- for 30 times before, there might be a new answer now. Mm. And I just was like, wow, I hope I have the humility. If I lead anything for as long or create something like that, to be willing to say there might be a new answer now. Oh, yeah. And so that's the kind of safety I felt to ask those questions, to lean in, and just a lack of defensiveness within Eddie or board and the culture to allow us to grow to new, to new, to new heights. We're going to talk about culture more when we come back on North Georgia Business Radio X. Are you creating a culture that allows your leaders to humbly ask questions to take your organization to the next level? Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with John Shackelford, uh, my pal and the executive director of Eagle Ranch. <laughs> Thanks back, John. Yeah. Um, before the break, we were talking about the interview process, and you came from this great... 10-year corporate career at Chick-fil-A and felt a calling that maybe there was something different for you and then this opportunity presented itself that I would imagine really caught you by surprise. You weren't thinking, I'm going to be the executive director of a children's home with all this this cool stuff. And I loved some some of the lessons I, I wrote down about that were key for you to be successful in this process that you asked a lot of questions and you were curious. And and you you 
focused on making sure you knew the culture and appreciated it. And one thing that stood out that allowed you, in my mind, to do that is that the organization, the board, search committee, etc., um, made you feel safe. Mm-hmm. That you didn't have to act like you knew it all. Mm-hmm. You could ask those questions. Looking back, how did they do that? What did they do that mm-hmm. made you where you could feel safe? And didn't feel like you had to posture. I mean, mm-hmm. some of that has to do with you and your maturity. But what did they do to put that, you know, to facilitate that? Well, I can remember I mean, multiple things. But I remember the, even in the my first board interview, going through my resume and experience. And I think I said something like, well, you know, I, I don't have... I don't have any development experience. I haven't done that historically. And I remember the one of the board members is saying, it was three of them in there, and he said, John, I, you know, you don't need to try to highlight the things you haven't done. <laughs> like, we see, we see your resume. We're impressed by it. We think it absolutely is a potential fit here. You you don't need to kind of go over or cover things. Like, we, we, we got it. And it was just this assurance for me and I said to him that I just I like I said before I just want to make sure you know what you're getting and what you're not and uh and I, and there were just moments like that that helped me realize this is this is out of my hands anyway mm, like, I really felt a peace that you know and it's, it was too big of a decision I don't want to trick them into liking me and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm the wrong leader for this really important ministry mm-hmm. that's that has the potential to continue changing lives of families I'm like this is too big for mm-hmm. that. And so I think there's just that during that process, it began this level of honesty. And then it, it, it transitioned into our board meetings. I mean, I had been given lots of advice from folks and on, on the outside who said, hey, you know, just get ready for a little bit of the dog and pony show of, you know, executive director reporting up to the board. And it's just not this intimacy, this closeness, or sort of this just reporting relationship. And that's just not what I, I experienced with mm. our board. And... I experienced this. I mean, I remember my first board meeting, we were going through some really, you know, significant things, Eddie and I were talking about transition, and the board's most important thing on the agenda that day was, how are you both doing, Eddie and John? Not just like, how's the business transition happening? Mm-hmm. It's, how are you doing at a heart level? And I, I mean, I think, I'm, I can't think of a board meeting that's gone by where I have not been checked in on either corporately, the whole group, or individually. And so me and my family, my kids, like we feel seen and cared for. And that transition, that that translates into how I can give that away to our team who's giving mm. it away mm-hmm. to the families that are coming in because we're feeling, you know, filled up. So I think that those are, those are there's, I could name a lot of other stories, but those are some ones that stand out to me that, that really helped me feel that way. I love that. You, you get filled up. So you are able to fill up those working for you. And of course, the people working with the families, they need to be filled up. They're dealing with some heavy, challenging things. But if you're out there listening, no matter what your business is, you have people working for you who are dealing with customers. How are you filling them up? Because if they're not filled up, what are your customers experiencing? Mm -hmm. I know when I speak to any customer service person or interact with different businesses, it makes a big difference when people enjoy where they work. Mm -hmm. And that plays through to how they treat me. So your customer service people or whoever you have interacting with your clients, they might not be dealing with the same caliber of issues that Eagle Ranch is, but they need to be filled up too. And I love something you mentioned, John, 
that that um, that relationship building and just um, um, abundance and honesty in the interview process has flowed over, mm. and that is the operating culture of you and the board, and it has to be because there are and probably already have been. I mean, this is going to be issues. Yep. Things are going to happen yep. that are big and and. You have to know you can trust the board. They care about you so that you can say, hey, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. Here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. That honesty has to have trust for it to work. It does. It Mm. does. And I've been blessed to be able to to have that and uh, experience that. Because as you said, this work is uh, is really difficult. There's a lot of mm-hmm. um, hard days. And one of the things that we have done to have that kind of proactive care for our team is every single one of our staff that serve children, and even our administrative staff, it's, it's an option for them as well, um, receive uh, proactive counseling support. So at least on a monthly basis, they are seeing someone outside of the ranch who outside can, of the ranch outside the ranch wow. so they can process and so it's not related to how's your you know job going and job performance related it's how are you like, I love it how is your story playing out in what you're doing at the ranch and things like that and uh, so we we try to model that you know we we say and we serve uh, we serve the brokenhearted because we see ourselves first as brokenhearted people that God is in the process of healing and restoring so we come alongside and that's honestly something I attracted me most to the Eagle Ranch culture that I still feel like even two years in that I can speak as an outsider because it was here before I got here is that our our staff and board but I mean I think about the staff just day in and day out comes alongside the families mm-hmm. oftentimes in nonprofits there can unintentionally become this sort of patronizing paternalistic relationship mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. those who are serving and those who are served underneath and you're trying to pull them up to be like me be like my healthy and healed life well that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. And so we're coming alongside because we need this to be true for our own families, mm-hmm. for our own lives. And so that's where the community builds. And we're, we're better off because we're in relationship with families that are brokenhearted. And, uh, and I think that's, that's, that, that's been a key element for me that's made this such a special place to not only do work, but me and my family live, you know, on the Eagle Ranch campus. And so uh, it's really holistically part of our own lives. Right. Boy, speaking of the campus, I've been there for a variety of meetings and things like that, and it is such a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me that one of the times I went there, what a benefit that is. I mean, you might think about, oh, why would you, you know, waste money on landscaping or whatever mm-hmm. like that? But having a beautiful environment is facilitative to healing. It is. It is. I mean, it's even I mean, been clinically researched and proven that. For those who have experienced trauma, you need two foundational attributes in place to create the, the possibility for change. And one is the expected, you know, safety and security, both physical, emotional, psychological. You need that. That's kind of the expected one. Mm-hmm. But the other one is surprising, at least to most people, is beauty. Mm. You need beauty. Mm-hmm. You need something that captivates the heart and mm. mind, and not just obviously physical beauty, beauty the beauty of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so for us, the, the beauty of the ranch's camps that we've been blessed with is core to the mission. We are unapologetic about keeping those facilities um, pristine because we are absolutely building the foundation for change. And we've been blessed by so many in the community, like Kubota that mows our grass, nice. um, New Leaf Landscaping, um, Shout out to new deep root, deep roots. I mean, they ton. I, and I, 
I probably shouldn't name anyone because there's so many that could come around. But um, but we've been just so blessed to have folks come along to 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 really see that as part of uh, as part of our a core part of our mission. Mm. And I I'd say that and your and your businesses look at your office space. Look at whether whether you you might not ever have clients come in, but for the sake of your employees, if there's a organized, if there's a space with beauty, an organization is a part of beauty. There's a wild freeness to beauty, but also mm. clutter does not, you know, lend itself to beauty. What are you doing to facilitate a physical environment and the beauty of those relationships to help your your customers serve? Um, I would encourage all the listeners out there two things. One, if you have any issues, family issues that you have the humility to reach out and go to Eagle Ranch, check out, you know, check out their website, give them a call. And two, I, I believe in Eagle Ranch, love Eagle Ranch, and I encourage you to give to their needs. So, John, thank you so much for being here, and uh, keep up the great work there at the ranch. Thanks so much for having me. Been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Vanelli. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. See you next time and remember to support our local businesses.